0: Welcome to Quantum Leap, the podcast that explores how we achieve new heights in leadership, business, and our lives. I'm David Wolf, joined as always with Terry Estroviak. He is the Quantum Leap Catalyst. Terry, always good to be with you.
1: I'm thrilled to be with you as well, David. Thank you.
0: So uh, we were talking offline about the subject matter for this uh, episode, and I think it's... uh, well it's 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 quite interesting because it gets into different personality types as you uh, work with so many different uh, that are trying to achieve or working with you to achieve a quantum leap experience in their own careers and uh, in this particular case you have Um, What I'll call an entrepreneur who is um, a high C, and you'll tell us what that means, a particular type of personality uh, in a business that uh, uh, tends to produce, uh, we'll call it chaotic situations on an ongoing basis. So this is proving to be challenging for him. Uh, But I think you should set it up best, uh, better than I. So uh, I'm going to toss it to you for the setup, and then we're going to understand a little bit more about problem solving by understanding what the problem truly is. Go ahead, Terry.
1: Yes. The point behind it is that uh, I I had a a discussion with my client today, and uh, he's in a business at the moment, a service kind of business, where every day is a a new challenge suddenly pops up on the horizon. And he's very, very good at organizing things. He can take chaotic situations and he can say, let me work through it. And very often what these people do is they slow down the situation and they think through it very carefully Mm. and they come through with a set of criteria that will help them to resolve the problem. And they're very good at doing that kind of thing. The only thing is, the only thing that's different over here is that first of all, he is right in the middle of the chaos. <laughs> so he's emotionally involved in it. It's all it's easy maybe to do it for somebody else, but how do we do it for ourselves? That really is the issue that we're going to be talking about now. Okay. So any any person that's trying to take quantum leaps, not trying to, but is involved or has committed themselves to taking a quantum leap in their lives, has got to understand that what goes with the territory and what goes with the territory is constant uncertainty and maybe trauma that goes, that goes through their minds as they start changing the situation from the known to the unknown. Hmm. So here he is, all of a sudden, every day, one challenge set up on a, on another challenge and leading to another challenge at that moment. And when I use the word challenge, I'm saying it in a very nice way. But sure. actually, chaos and trauma we're talking about. So here he is, and he's thinking about it. So the question that I always ask, and here's the key to what we're going to be talking about today. The first question to ask is, and it's unusual, what bothers you most about the situation
0: Hmm. right now? That's like an emotional question. What bothers you most? It's not looking at the really source at all. It's just, yeah.
1: That's exactly the issue, mm. and we start off with an emotional question, and so I asked him that question today, and I said, what bothers you most about it, and I thought that what he was going to come up with was the idea that uh, that he was short of cash yep. or that the business was not producing enough money um, and that he might suddenly find himself cashless yeah. or, <laughs> or in a position where he couldn't cope for the, for, for the next few weeks. Yeah. And uh, I thought that's what he was going to come up with, and he didn't. Hmm. This is what absolutely amazed me. Hmm. He said to me, well, the thing that bothers me most at the moment is that I can't get my team coordinated, all singing from the same song sheet or, and, and cooperating with one another. And I said, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Hmm. I said to him, then I asked him the second question in the process, which is, Theoretically, if you got your staff all thinking about about the business or thinking about cooperating and you got them all sort of moving in one direction in order to resolve this issue, would that ultimately solve the problem for you? Hmm. So he thought about it for a moment and then he said, yes, that would solve the problem. And so my next response to him is, well, then that must be the problem. It's not a cause of the problem. He hasn't come up with a solution. But of course, this is what everybody does. They want to jump immediately into the solutions before they actually understand what the problem is. Right. And uh, we have to think about that. Hmm. I mentioned at one time that uh, one of the people in, 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 in some of the profiles that I do are the kind of people that run in, run into a building – to put out a fire and find themselves in the wrong building.
0: <laughs>
1: right.
0: That's a perfect analogy. A sense, yeah.
1: Yes. And that's the point behind it. So I said to him, are you sure that this is what it is? And he said, yes, that's exactly how I feel. So then I posed another question because I did think that I, need to test, I needed to test this out. Right, and I right, said to right. him, if you had – more money coming in, and you had regular cash regular cash flow at a at a, at a level that you decided on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you still have a problem? And he said, "Yes, I would still have problems." Mm-hmm. So I said, "Yes, you definitely answered the question to to this uh, to this exercise, which is what exactly is the problem." I said, "All right, now would you write it down at this moment, a declarative statement of what you see as the problem?" And so he wrote down. The problem is that my team are not uh, acting in coordination with one another, and they're not assisting one another, and um, and that is causing the, the, a problem that we've got in our business because as a result of that, uh, eventually, we'll probably find ourselves short of cash and not operating effectively like okay. we should. Okay, okay. And so – in discussing that with them, I said, all right, now now that you've declared this thing exactly like that, does that, what does that tell you where you should be spending your time as opposed to what you are doing at the moment, which is attacking each urgent bushfire that suddenly crops up in your business? Yes. So I said, that's what you're doing, right? You're, you're actually putting out fires every day, and you haven't even looked at working on what the long-term objective is of your Mm -hmm, business mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he said yes that's right he said I've even written down some things that I should do and I've just ignored them but now I'm beginning to understand that I need to look at those things now it's true that I've got to put out the fires and the urgency is there But I also need to be making some time to ensure that the time, the quality time that I'm spending or that I'm investing in my business is one that deals with the problem that I've got right at this moment. It's an all-embracing problem. So I said to him, okay, so what do you have to do? What's the first step? And I think it was a bit of a revelation for him. He said, I'm going to have to call my team together and talk with them. And the first, before he even said that, he said, I wonder if I could just do that using uh, social ne- social networking. <laughs> you know, could I send them emails? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't
0: strike me that that would be as effective, but maybe he's onto something.
1: <laughs> no, the point behind it is, he said, you know, you're right. Although I do talk to my people a lot, I haven't got them together, mm-hmm. and they don't know that I've got this problem or this mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. and they don't mm-hmm. know that that's the goal that I'm working on resolving. Mm-hmm. And he said, "If I sat down with them and started to talk with them and shared some of the stress that I'm going through right now um, about this issue, mm-hmm. would and I asked him the question, would there be a possibility that they might get on board and start cooperating more effectively with one another and start helping you to resolve the major issue that you've got right now?" And he said, "You know, you're right." That, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's something that I need to do. So I said, okay, so when are you going to have this meeting? He said, and he gave me a whole lot of reasons why it was difficult. And I said to him, well, this it doesn't sound like a maybe to me. This sounds like an absolute. It absolutely absolute, needs to happen. Absolutely needs to happen. He says, well, it's very difficult to get my whole team together. So I said, well, I, I said why is that? He said, because I work with a lot of part-time people. And they're not overly committed to the business as such. But so I said, okay, so you've got a team of maybe three or four major people in your your group. He said, yes. So I said, well, why don't you get them together and go through this exercise? He said, well, what am I going to say to them? (laughs) I suggested this would be the way to do it. I said, instead of having everybody sitting around and arguing and not knowing what to do, you've got to develop a set of questions that will make a difference. And a, and a technique that I that I've used for many many years that I learned from a friend of mine in South Africa, a man by the name of Peter Thomas, mm-hmm. who's, who had a you know he was a very dear friend of mine mm-hmm. was actually is still haven't mm-hmm. seen him for quite a while. Mm-hmm. He said to me, buy a few sets of post-it notes, three three inches by five inch post-it notes. Mm-hmm. And hand out these post-it notes and a, and, a, and a good pen with a, with a not a very fine nib or point, but one that you can write with. And get them to write down the answer to the question. The question is, or let's say that this is the problem that we've got right at this moment. This is how I see it. And then say to them, Here's a problem that's really bothering me, and give them a bit of background about it, and tell them how, why it's causing you a lot of stress, mm-hmm. and actually is going to affect the business dramatically. Mm-hmm. And then say to them, "What are some of the things that you perceive that might be causing this problem?" And get them to write down one answer on on a on a, on a post-it note. On each post-it note, not two answers, and make it big enough so that people can read it from a few yards away, mm-hmm. and get them to just without even discussing it, no talking, no discussion, because discussion just takes up a lot of time and uh, lots of emotions get involved in it. But let them write down even short, you know, short note. Write down in block letters what they see as being the problem, uh, the, the causes of the problem, and say, so "Said, okay, I'll do that." And I, and then I said, once you've done that with them, then the next step is you get them to get out of the chair and go over to a wall somewhere or a place where they can stick these on the wall, let's say, or, or a board if you've got a board. Mm-hmm. And in no particular order, random order, all over the place so that it doesn't matter who wrote down the answers. Um, it's just that you've got a whole set of answers there that that could be useful. Yeah. And then I said, then the next step is, without even discussing it, move the post-it notes around and put the ones that are like other ones, the like ones, underneath one another without discussing it. Somebody might put it under this heading and another one will pick it up and put it under another heading mm-hmm. until until you've got, let's say, two or three categories of, of issues or of causes of problems that are similar.
0: Yeah, grouping
1: them. And I said, That exercise will take you about three minutes. You'll be astounded at how quickly that works. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, I'll try that out. And I said, and then what's the next step after that? He said, well, leave the stuff on the board and then go back to them and simply say to them, okay, what are some of the possible solutions that we could come up with that might resolve some of these issues that we've been talking about? By the way, I did ask him as well. I didn't mention this just to put a heading on top of each one of these little categories, so that uh, you know that they are they're seen as a, as a jointly affecting the situation. But you might even find, for instance, you might say cash flow is a bit of a problem at the moment, and you might have that written in three different ways. But you, everybody knows that that's under cash flow, so you put a heading cash flow. Sure. Um, so he said, Fine, I could do that. And I said, Now get them to sit down and write out what solutions, possible solutions could be to the problem mm-hmm. and do exactly the same thing. They write down their answer, they just pick up the post it note and they just put it aside, then they go to the next post-it note and they write it down until everybody's got at least four or five or six different answers or more if necessary. Wow. Then get them pick up the, the solutions to the problem and in random fashion stick them on the board on, on a board close by or on the wall, close by, Mm -hmm. and write down what those problems are, what those causes, what those solutions would be. Mm -hmm. And once they've got those solutions, then do exactly the same thing they did the first time, put the like solutions together under a heading, and one of the people in the group can just write out a heading for each one of them, and you've got three or four categories. Sure. Now, here's the point behind it. Once everybody has actually written something down, it means they feel a sense of commitment to the issue. Absolutely. They have emotionally connected with one another. They have actually worked together on it. Mm -hmm. It takes very little time to do this exercise, actually. I know the tendency in in meetings, particularly in the United States, where people (laughs) like to talk a lot about stuff. uh, They don't talk here. They just write it down. And uh, once they've written the stuff down, I said, then you can you can collect all the information at the end of the meeting. Uh, you might ask another question. The next question is, if you look at these various solutions to the problem, mm-hmm. which one would you choose as being the most viable? Uh-huh. And do that. Mm-hmm. And do exactly the same thing again a third time. Mm-hmm. And see exactly what they come up with. Mm-hmm. And then… Thank everybody very much for it and tell them, tell them that you would consider doing that. And in fact, the next thing is, what actions do we need to take to implement those decisions? How would we go about doing that? And you could even do this a fourth time. So a fourth round of doing this. It depends on the amount of time you've got. It's like an accordion. You play it according to the situation that, that, that you're in at that moment. And I suggested he could do it. I said, do you have a picture of what I'm talking about? He said, you know, I would never have thought of doing something like this. But I, I want my people to be to be cooperating with each other. I want them to feel close to one another. I don't want <clears throat> the people at the back of the room uh, in, in the organization, the, the backroom staff, feeling that the front room, you know, the, the reception areas are are, are, are are the enemy. I want mm. them to feel We're all on the same wavelength. And he said this would get them to to be doing that. So I'm dying to hear what the solution would be once he's done the exercise. I said, would you do me a favor? I said, would you summarize the whole process for me by simply copying down all the answers on the three by five post-it notes and send them to me? And we can talk about
0: that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you'll actually get a window into what transpired uh, in this meeting.
1: So, exactly. And he will get a feeling that uh, the people in his team are actually on his team, where his tendency is to be a specialist. And he thinks that he's got to bear the, the burden of having all the answers to these. I was
0: things. going to say, there. Are, well, there are multiple observations as you tell this narrative, this story. One yeah. is, is that... Because of his expertise and his feeling that he has to have the burden of creating all the solutions to the problems he is assuming that he has or has created or that are really there that he has identified in this exercise, that responsibility naturally separates him from his team and them from each other. So what this this process that you've laid out does is it gets them owning the problem uh, emotionally bonding with him because they want to help their boss. They want to help the owner of the business solve it. And they may not know that he needs the help. He may be protecting them from it and isolating them from him. He may actually be doing that without realizing he's doing it. So you're forcing them into what I'll call a more social, uh, it is social networking, but it's in a room together. It's
1: (laughs) yes, that's right. And the most important thing of all is giving them permission to be involved in the issue yeah yeah and as a result of that they they beginning to realize that they that their input could make a difference to the business i guarantee you up to this moment they just feel that they work as in his business exactly they, And they've never had permission to do anything like this. So it's going to be a very interesting exercise to see what comes from it. So, you know, there may be a little bit of technique involved in this. I've run big meetings like this with large numbers of people at different times. I actually did it at one time with a European space agency in the Netherlands with about uh, 35 heads of departments. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yes, really, it was absolutely amazing. And of course, I got them to, I got uh, people to volunteer to write up all the information and to come up with solutions. And uh, you know, it, it it just it worked out wonderfully. Well, the well. writing
0: and documentation, which is something that's really big with your technique in terms of working with yeah. an individual, you know, it slows the thing down. It slows the process down. The the process of documenting cr- uh, creates a world where you have to think clearly, and you have to get yes. the idea. Um, it's not just flying through space in right. a crunch moment in the business that's chaotic. Uh, the other thing that he probably felt was challenging, I'm going to make an assumption, is that because this is a very business, busy kind of business, uh, and you would argue maybe 24-7 because you've got certain yes. activities that happen around the clock, um, that there is no time out. And yes. so part of his challenge, I'm guessing, is he's got to create this time out so you can get everyone working on the business when they're not in the middle of whatever it is the business does, right?
1: Right. And that's why I've suggested, even as we're talking about it right now, that he just maybe does two or three steps. You know, just simply saying, okay, what, what exactly? I mean, he's defined the problem himself and he's sharing it. If he wasn't doing that, then maybe what he could do is ask the group, what is, what is it that's, uh, what do you think the problem is? And we can have a whole discussion on that too. And that would be.
0: Yeah. Yep. And I was just going to say, you're really teaching him a whole new skill. As you said, you've done this for large groups. He may not have the technique yet, or he may crawl into it gradually and you can help him do that. All uh, quantum leaping the organization and a quantum leap for him as a leader in his own business, uh, p- finding power that he didn't even know he had, which is beautiful. Ex-
1: exactly, exactly that. He's never thought of doing something like this. It's not his field in any case. Right. But doing something like this will take him way out of his comfort zone and relying on other people around him and getting them involved in the process is going to make a huge difference to him. Fascinating.
0: Them. And it'll be interesting so, to hear uh, how this works out. Uh, perhaps we can talk about that subsequently. Always instructive. Such good stuff. Terry Stroviac, the website, as always, www.qlcat, Q-L-C-A-T, like Quantum Leap Catalyst, qlcat.com. And uh, Terry, again, every session we do is brilliant. Uh, And uh, if folks are listening and they want to communicate with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, the best way would be either to fill in a contact form on the the website Mm -hmm. or alternatively just give me a call at this number, 858-587-0453.
0: And the website again is QLCAT.com. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for listening. Terry, great to be with you, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you very much, David.